Welcome back, faithful viewer, to the Earth 616 version of the Silver Screen podcast. <laughs> I am your host, Earth 616 Mike, the best of all of the mics. I murdered all of the other multiversal variants of me. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> but uh, yes, in case you haven't gathered from this little bit of uh, of talk, we are today reviewing the movie Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. If you joined us a couple of weeks ago, you'll have hopefully um, heard our review of the original Doctor Strange movie. We do hope you've enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, we didn't want to come back to talk about the sequel having seen it. But um, forgive my rudeness. I am, of course, as always, joined by at least one other person uh, and by my regular co-host, DK. DK, how are you doing? I'm all right, and it's don't worry about the rudeness. I am the DK from Earth eight three eight, so I don't really mind that kind of thing. <laughs> nice, very nice. Well, you're in trouble if you if you see any uh, you know women covered in blood coming wandering into your area or whatever, just you know run. That's my <laughs> typical weekend, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know the feeling. There's usually a pissed off woman marching down threatening to kill me as well, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, well, you, I'm sure there's an Illuminati to help you with uh, unnecessary cameos. But Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, as I say, we are discussing the newest movie. So as if you hadn't gathered by, by now, spoilers, if you haven't seen it, we will be getting into the whole kind of thing. And we'll be uh, talking about what we liked, what we didn't like, and a bit more of an in-depth kind of thing, like the usual reviews. Uh, if you haven't seen it, though, maybe just bookmark it and come back when you have, because hopefully it's an interesting discussion uh, to have one way or the other. So... Yeah, um, without any further ado then, we will start as we always do these days uh, with the behind the scenes section, and so I'll throw it over to DK to do that. Okay, thanks Mike. Right, we're, as we were talking about uh, in the original episode, one that uh, everybody's hopefully listening to and not mistaking it for this one, uh, Scott Derrickson, writer and director of the first movie, originally had plans for the sequel back in 2016, signing to return in December 2018. Film's title and Elizabeth Olsen's inclusion were announced in the summer of 2019, though Derrickson left the project in January of 2020 due to creative differences. It was replaced by Sam Raimi soon afterwards, with Michael Waldron, the uh, writer of the Loki series, on writing duties. Now, presumably, Derrickson concentrated more on the tension between Strange and Mordo, which was set up on movies post-credits scene, as well as introducing the villain Nightmare from the comic books. Derrickson was on record as saying he wanted to introduce Nightmare, and it looks as though that overall vision Feige had was to lean more towards the balls-to-the-wall, crazy multiverse <clears throat> angle set up in the Loki series in Spider-Man No Way Home. Well, I can't actually fault Feige for that. <clears throat> I was interested in seeing Derrick's original vision for the movie, and I'm hoping that at some point we get some sort of deep dive into that for the third movie, fingers crossed. Mm. Now, Derrickson, while selling duties also intended to debut Neymar the Submariner in this movie. However, as we all know, well, I'm sure everyone knows by now, that debut is going to come in a later MC movie later this year. It's unknown if that is one of the elements that were cited as creative differences for Derrickson. Now, with him leaving, McAdams then went on record stating that she would not be returning. However, no doubt due to that same sweet, sweet Marvel cash that no doubt prompted her to jump at the role after having previously turned down Pepper Potts. If oh, you yeah, you've got that to out, bring see... back Natalie Portman money at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God, if you can do that, you can you can work wonder, wonders. Uh, see our original Doctor Strange episode for details on that. But by the time the Disney 2020 investor event rolled around, McAdams was obviously there, you know, thinking... 
Now, this was filmed at the same time, though in different locations, as two other MC productions, filming exactly the same time as Thor, Love and Thunder, which was going on in Sydney, Australia, and Spider-Man No Way Home being filmed in Atlanta, Georgia, while the Multiverse of Madness cheaped out and shot in the UK. But, you know, you can't blame me for that. (laughs) (laughs) This is the the first Marvel movie in which Kevin, uh, Kevin Feige production appears. Believe that or not. Yeah, it's, it's appeared on the TV shows, but it is the first movie, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's also the first Marvel movie to be released under the horror genre as opposed to action, drama, sci-fi, or fantasy. That's now, debatable, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, Benedict Cumberbatch grew a goatee for this movie instead of having a fake one glued on like he did in previous appearances. Of I had no idea that was fake previously. I didn't. <laughs> so I'm weird. wondering, well... You know, obviously, if they filmed this at the same time as No Way Home, was the No Way Home one real? Or was that a fake? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Also, how, was he travelling back and forth from Atlanta to England at the time? I, I, I mean, it's not the just rolling No Way Home. But... No, I presume he just went over for like a couple of days shooting and then flew back. Oh, fair enough. So, well, some, nice, nice work if you can get it. Yeah, quite. <laughs> yeah. Now, the movie's been banned in Saudi Arabia, Kuwait and Egypt. This is allegedly oh, down to the reasons, yeah, 12-second scene that features America Chavez's family. Marvel refused to cut said scene, prompting the ban. So good for Marvel on that. Definitely, because it could easily have been cut by the looks of it, because it is just literally the whole, I've got two mums kind of thing. But I'm pleased that Marvel yeah. were like, no, why should we cut it? You know? <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's not as outrageous a, a demand as, you know, in China with the Statue of Liberty scene from No Way Home. I mean... You know, that's pushing things a bit. And with a 12 second cut, it's neither here nor there, but I'm proud of Marvel for standing up for uh, to, yeah, to get some LGBTQ inclusion in there. Now, Raimi recently gave an interview in which he said that the original cut of the movie was around 40 minutes longer than the theatrical runtime, even with reasons. I know. Hinting that some of the reported cameos originally slated to appear could have been cut, just like uh, Donna Strange in the first Strange movie, who is referenced in this one. Oh, yes, I did think yeah. about that, yeah. Yeah, and extended plot lines for the characters, you know, that we did end up with. However, it's doubtful that most, if any of these missing minutes, will be seen at a later date, as was the case with uh, Age of Ultron. And finally, one for the comic nerds, for official MCU guides until this point, the MCU takes place on Earth 199999. Oh, yeah, yep. though in the movie it's designated Earth six one six. Yeah, that the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, of the official Marvel comic book universe. Now, yep. eagle-eyed comic book fans out there will no doubt have noticed several references to number six one six throughout the history of the MCU. And MCU producer Nate Moore labelled it officially as six one six only recently, though for the continuity obsessed among you. I say among you, that includes me. Where this leaves the MCU in relation to the actual Marvel Universe, in anyone's guess. Yeah, it's such a weird, poor decision. Especially when you've already established that you can have universes that are like animated or any kind of different mediums. To then say that there are now two Earth 616s is just... It was it was done, it was assigned, it had a number. Why didn't you just leave it? <laughs> yeah, it yeah, seems yeah. seems a little strange. But, you know, we, we are only comic <laughs> yeah, no, book guy. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's it's clearly just to be like we are the superior, we are as good as the original, and we are the same thing. And but it's not, is it? No. <laughs> if it's... you're doing a multiverse, just come on. 
Anyway, at least kudos to Marvel, as I've always said. This has nothing to do with the movie, but I've always loved the very fact that Marvel had a look at DC being like, we are Earth 1 and 2, and was like, 616, there's infinite, yeah. why would we be 1 and 2? We can do better than that. <laughs> yeah. And in all fairness, when it comes to the cinematic universes, they're not wrong. Yeah, well, true. <laughs> uh, no worries, yeah, well, uh, as you see, uh, as I was saying, sorry, um, we are kind of doing uh, the reviews a little bit differently now, so instead of going chronologically... Not least because we've only seen the film once. We're not going scene by scene hitting every beat. It's kind of just going to be a general discussion about things like acting, directing, etc. Um, in, in categories like that. And then we can hopefully touch on things through there. And then at the end, always mention anything that we wanted to touch upon that didn't get talked about. Um, so the very first thing that I have written down here, the first section I have is for the acting. Um, so just before I jump in, because I don't want to completely uh, mothball over this year, uh, did you have any kind of thoughts on the acting that you wanted to share, DK? And we can maybe agree or disagree with some of the things. I'll say, I will say, if my computer starts working, uh, forgive my pronunciation, I've got Chiti Gomez as America. It's it's oh, it's such a weird pronunciation because it, it leaves out most of the letters. It's something like Sochi. Which is like, oh, right. it's nothing like it's written. <laughs> apologies if she's listening. I doubt if she will listen, but apologies anyway. I, uh, yeah. I I wasn't aware of that. But I actually found her really good throughout this. I actually wanted to mm. see more of America throughout this. I thought mm. the acting, for for most of it, was pretty good. It was decent. It, it uh, I mean, Cumberbatch and Olsen, they were both good in their roles. Uh Benedict Wong, really good. There were just a couple of parts that every now and again, it kind of, I don't know if it was down to the direction, it kind of strayed into soap opera territory for me. Mm. Like, there, uh, there like was, what, for example? I, you see, I'm going to get lambasted for this because everybody seems to I, love it. But especially I'm, I'm, here, I'm here to support you, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, especially the scenes where it comes to the kids. Yeah, no, I'm not uh, saying the the kids themselves. The, no. the but every now and again, I mean, everybody's describing Olsen her powerhouse, and yes, she's really good. But every now and again, I did kind of get a Days of Our Lives vibe from her. I I was not anywhere near as impressed with her in this movie as I was during WandaVision. and I don't know whether that's writing or direction, or she was overworked, or it was because she literally went straight from one to the other, but. I really struggled to connect with the character in the movie when I had connected easily with her in the, and like she'd broken my heart in the TV show. And I was obsessed with that show and that performance. And I thought she was brilliant. And then here it was just kind of like, I'm really struggling. And it just seemed like a lot of the time she was coming off as bratty instead of like understandable or believable. Um, I mean, it's one thing that they completely ignored the character development of WandaVision anyway, because any lesson she learned about like dealing with grief from the loss of vision and stuff was completely abandoned. And I've seen people that soon others have made that criticism as well as me. And people have responded, Oh, you idiot. She was possessed by the dark hole. Yeah. Like, they said, well, that, you know, the pre-credit sequence, she, you know, she was corrupted and you just think, okay, but it was a very one note character compared to it, compared to WandaVision until the end, exactly. until when you got to the emotional core of it with, you know, where she were facing the, uh, I still found it. I still found it flat. I should. I was. I was just watching, thinking I really should be like weeping here and feeling something, but I'm just not. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like I don't know if it's even because like I'm that annoying person that's like you've pushed it too far. I mean, 
people were already complaining about the events of one division and like how could she be a good guy after that no matter what kind of thing and it's like at the end of this movie when she has the nerve to say to the kids like i would never harm anyone i was like bitch you murdered half of kamartage <laughs> and an entire <laughs> illuminati you've killed Where have you everyone been? <laughs> You've like terminated your way across the multiverse. You can't yeah. legitimately be like, I would never hurt anyone. Shut up. <laughs> you know? the, the, I mean, there was a part halfway through where I just thought, she's she cannot come back from this. The character's yeah. irredeemable. And yes, yeah. you did have that feeling, you know, I'm flashing forward ahead with the whole uh, Professor X bit. Yes, but still, it's going to be a hard sell. Um, not for the wonder stands out there because they're going absolutely crazy and they're just saying yeah, yeah. she had a right to do this and you know she you'd never have a right to murder self. no it's 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 very and they're all saying well it's double standards because doc strange used the dark hold even being hypocritical and you know i'm kind of thinking okay until the doctor murders everyone then it's kind yeah. of a bit of a... It's not just about using the Darkhold or whatever, though. It's like I said, it's from from moment number one. Because so when she rocks up to Kamatage and she's like, look, I'm just trying to be reasonable. You've got no idea what I could do. And I was like... Ugh, that's more down to the direction and the writing. Yeah. Which I just... <laughs> I'm not going to get into it at this point. But, yeah, I, I don't put it all down to Olsen. Which I, I honestly think, yeah. did think were good for the most part. As I say, and it wasn't just her. They were, they were the odd things where I just thought, this this yeah. comes across as a little cheap. I, I agree, and I never believed the changes of heart at any point in the movie either. So even when the big moment came at the end when it was like, oh, now I have. Because for starters, it was exactly what they said at the start of the movie, which was like, look, it's another person. You've got to open up. What would your kids think? And then that was the ultimate solution in the end anyway, which was kind of like, well... Why did we have to spend two hours getting it to that exact point and sacrifice so many people? And it's like, when you eventually do get there, I'm supposed to be like, oh, this is a believable change of heart. I've seen nothing to show me that at all. She's been merciless the entire time. Yeah. And yet I'm supposed to believe she'll be like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it's bad writing, I think, as well, because like, I, I never... <laughs> I never really looked forward to it when I heard that Michael Waldron was writing because I think he has exactly the same problems in the Loki series in that he promises a multiverse of cool ideas and everything and it basically boils down to five weeks of plotting, of plotting, sorry, not doing anything with your potential and then having, oh, look, it's classic Loki's costume. See, and... but this is, <laughs> this is the thing. Honestly, I'm, I know I'm one of the very few, but I absolutely adored the TV series. Loki, the TV series. I honest, it that gave me excitement and that gave me vibes that I just didn't get from this. Yeah, I mean, I can see that there was a lot more character work that was better probably in the Loki TV series, but that's because you have two great actors in the lead. But again, it was just it was writing things that never got followed up on, and it was just the same as this one, which was like we're gonna have branching universes and a huge war, and we're bombing all the multiverse. And nope, dealt with it off screen in between episodes. Oh, <laughs> it's so frustrating. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll move on from there because <laughs> all of the wonder stands have now stopped listening. But I will yeah. once again reiterate that we, I was we one now of have you. A fatwa on us. <laughs> yeah, I was one of you during One Division. I was like, yo, you know, I'm, I'm with it. I can understand. I'm sold on the performance. The idea that yes, what she did was horrible, but her penance is losing her kids and her husband and everything. But there comes a point when you're like, no, come on, <laughs> you know. Anyway, whew. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, talking it's, of, uh, sorry, it just it didn't. It didn't gel for me, and yeah, no, uh, yeah, they had the the end credit sequence, but 
after what was it eight episodes an end credit sequence to explain Ten, how she just yeah oh god how she suddenly turned into this one note character just don't cut it to me yeah and we plus you can't just not show us that if you're going to do a corruption thing then either do something where she would appear like zombie-fied or show us it gradually happening so that you could invest in it don't just be like have her appear and then go i am now corrupted i am sending monsters after someone when did that happen off screen yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a very tell don't show kind of thing, and I didn't exactly yeah straight out of the gate. I just it set me off on the uh, with a bad vibe. I, I just thought no, don't like how they've done that. I couldn't reconcile it from the start because I was like, so why are your two made up kids more important than this real kid? Because I'm not seeing any justification at all whatsoever. Yeah. So, but uh, as it's also weird from a writing standpoint, and it was actually our friend Will who pointed this out. That, um, how come in every other universe those kids exist and look exactly the same, but in our universe she had to create them herself, and that's the only one where that happened? It's so convenient, it's just like because the plot needs it to be the case. <laughs> well, and it's what what's happened to Vic? I sent kind of a half joke and just said, you know, the most unbelievable, outlandish thing in this entire movie is the idea that Lizzie Olsen is single in every universe. <laughs> Frankly. <laughs> Like, like you said, where's where's Vision? Where's the kid's dad? Where's anybody else? It's always just her and the two kids in a house. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like the entire universe. I mean, obviously, it's supposed to take place in the same one that Strange ends up, but, you know, it just seems to be that one little bungalow. Well, not a bungalow, yeah. sorry, like a, a duplex kind of thing. And it, oh, yeah. it, it just zooms straight in on that. And, yeah, there's, everything else is ephemeral with regards to this. But it just makes yeah. the entire thing feel so small. And I think that's a problem with the... I wasn't planning on getting into this, but I think that's a good way of summing up kind of my issues with the movie is that everything feels so small. And even when they try to go big, it's like, quickly, we must dispatch these great characters and stuff as quick as possible because we haven't got room and we can't service them. So we actually can't go that big. And, oh, look, we've got crazy ideas about animated universes and universes where you're paying, but we can't afford them for longer than three seconds. So enjoy them while you can. That was... <laughs> oh, good grief, that was bad. It was so annoying and it's just kind of like, don't just you've got no ambition and you do it's a vast sprawling multiverse and it just felt like you were in a room <laughs> you said it was like you were yeah. so boiled down to that and there was no sense of scale whatsoever which is really when what that, a film like this needed yeah when that uh initial plunge through the multiverse it, it just it sold it from you know because you i don't know you got glimpses of living tribunal and yes briefly, uh, yeah. you saw a place which some people are claiming is Mustafar from Star Wars because of, you know, apparently they oh, consider, because, yeah, seriously, it's a theory now that that water places was Mustafar because obviously, because they're both oh. owned by Disney, Star Wars, and the movie. But it was beautiful. It was fantastic. And then 15 seconds later, it was over. Yeah. And, and that I did was say it. this and, to, uh, I did say this to somebody that was like trying to ask if it was just because I expected cameos or what I was expecting. And I was like, from a title like Multiverse of Madness, I expected more than, look how crazy this world is. We have an exposition memory machine, uh, lights, uh, traffic lights that go backwards, and the dude from the Evil Dead doing the shtick he's been doing since 1987. Ooh, how crazy. <laughs> yeah. it's. I mean, I, I, I don't want to diminish anybody that worked on it. I don't want to be that comic book Oh, guy. I do. <laughs> but if you're going to promise something... Yeah. Deliver it. Yep. It's. I, I wouldn't ordinarily be that cruel if it wasn't for the fact that they've been building this up since literally Spider-Man Far From Home. That was the first mention of like a multiverse. Fair enough, it was a mislead on the part of Mysterio, but that's in the audience's head, that's planting the idea of, ooh, multiple universes and whatever. 
So you're talking now, what, six or seven movies, multiple TV shows, and this was supposed to be the big finale event that it was all building up to, and it just came off like a damn fart. Like, really? Yeah. That, that was it? <laughs> if we if yeah. would have been, if, if it had just been advertised, like, I don't know, like Thor, Love and Thunder. I'm watching Love and yeah. Thunder. I'm expecting an MCU movie. I'm now expecting the next Endgame. Yeah. But they were hyping this as if it was the next Endgame. Exactly. And like I said, it's it's the question of like, they don't seem to know where they're going. And it seemed like the multiverse was going to be their new infinity stones or their new focus. And yet now it seems like this is the end of it. And they've, as far as I'm concerned, it's been really poor. Uh, I, I wasn't happy with the way it's been done at all because it's just, they've done nothing with it. And the stuff that they have done that they claim was going to be huge has been just either ignored or we're supposed to believe it had an impact, even though we haven't seen that. I saw um, this really, really riled me was that I saw an interview with Kevin, what's his name, Kevin Feige? Where they yeah. were like, so what was the deal with the end of Loki being like earth shatteringly important and breaking the multiverse? And he was like, oh, it was that. That is important. That was the way that the spell was able to fail and no way home and everything and how these things happen. I was like, since, since when? <laughs> yeah. Show us this then. <laughs> you know? It's, uh, oh. it's nonsense. It you, really is. You had, a, you had a clear through line from, yep. you know, one division, Loki. What if, no way home, this. Quantum, I, I don't have that much hope for Quantumania now, to be honest, no. because no. if everything else has just fizzled, and this was supposed to be the, you know, the linchpin of the entire kind of saga. Well, the Quantum Realm isn't the multiverse, so we shouldn't have to rely on that to tie up a completely different thread. No, it but it's, no it, 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 it harks back to, uh, you know, the end of Loki. And obviously, yeah. something has to, because nothing has yeah. so far. And well, it just leaves me, of that show, it? <laughs> yeah, but it just leaves me wondering, with, with the exception of Wanda's Got Kids, yeah. are the TV series important whatsoever? Someone could go in and watch this movie and, you know, you could say, oh, well, but you saw Captain Carter in What If? Okay, it's obviously not Wasn't that the Captain same Carter. One. Yeah. Who cares? It could, just, it could just be anyone. Yep. And that was my issue with all of the cameos is that they're expecting me to get excited about like, oh, wow, look, a version of Reed Richards I've never met before and won't again because you killed him. Why should I yeah. care? Yeah. You know what I mean, it's just like, yeah, I don't just get I mean, I'm an easy mark. Don't get me wrong, but I don't just get excited by you going, oh, look, character, you know. OK, they're gone now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know we've jumped ahead here from kind yeah, of the act. Yeah. To the right, sorry, and <laughs> we went a bit off, but that's, that's the point of the loose format, I guess, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I know that there were some people out there just posting absolute bullshit, and people were believing it like, you know, we've oh, got yeah, Tom yeah. the superior Iron Man, and yeah, Deadpool, and the Hulk was going to be in it at one point, and all the Spider Men, yeah, were back and, yeah. we're gonna have, yeah, we're gonna have Toby Maguire again. People were saying Ghost Rider and, and stuff like that, and and at that point, I was thinking. Okay, people are building this up, so no one's actually interested in the plot. People are just going to see this for cameos, and yeah. that's not how it should be. I remember saying that in the original Doctor Strange thing, but how they've done it is even the cameos that were there are just yeah. redundant. You, this is the first time I've thought this, so bear with me as I as I try to form the cogent thought, but they Ralph bonded us in that they showed us something that would have been like, oh, wow, it's so cool if this turns out to be Quicksilver played by the same actor. Nope. Nope, yeah. not them. Doesn't matter. I, I could have kind of, I, I kind of lived with that though. That was just, you know, it was childish, but yeah, it's there. Well, it's the same it, thing. They, 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 that it falls flat as a reveal at the end of that one episode, 
if you know the truth, which is that it's completely irrelevant. And it's relying on your knowledge of these characters when it shouldn't have to, to give you some kind of emotional weight. If I've never seen an X-Man cartoon or film or whatever, and Patrick Stewart turns up to the strains of, am I, am I bothered? Or do I just sit there going, okay, what's this old man going to do? Oh, no, man, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to, to some extent, it is the same as people were letting their imaginations get ahead of them, like they did in WandaVision with, oh, there's a fly on the curtain. It's Mephisto. You know, yeah, yeah. everything. And But... <sighs> God, I just I can't. I think even... the the film the, the film seemed a little bit like it was missing a draft where it needed it needed an actual bigger villain than Wanda to have been behind everything. And I know that's controversial because the comics kind of did that because as you said, there's no way to redeem the Scarlet Witch once you've done the Avengers disassembled House of M thing. So the comic solution was to then come out of nowhere and be like, turns out it was Doctor Doom all along. Yeah. And I was like, oh but you're not gonna get you know. I would rather they had though had a bigger villain and like reveal it as like it's the dark old, but it was nightmare using it to get to her to manipulate her to actually open the multiverse and claim power or something. I mean, any could, kind of they could in the third one, you know, it's especially with that end credit <laughs> sequence. But, yeah. but what we got, we were promised a, a whirlwind of reality hopping. Instead, we yeah. have fifteen seconds, and then yep. dumped in what turned out to be a it, obviously it was a very pretty dimension. But it were also pretty pretty insipid. Yeah. It what? wasn't that different. Like I said, the fact that the film it was insulting that the film goes to great pains to go, red means go here. Whoa. And I'm like, yeah. come on. Am I supposed to act like this is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen? It's kind of like something <laughs> you'd expect from a Bill and Ted movie. <laughs> yeah. Or just a really low budget attempt to do the multiverse. Like you said, like they haven't got millions of quid or whatever, so it's just like we'll use the same street. But we'll just say the traffic lights go different, you know. Yeah. I was just gonna say the sheer cheek as well of just using you, you have the multiverse there, you could do anything with it, and you use it for exposition. We need to know the character's thoughts. So in this universe, you have a thing where apparently you have to pay for it to have your memories read and viewed, but then you also don't pay. It's just so stupid. Yeah. It's like it's that is only there so that you can see America Chavez's backstory. There's no reason for it in the story. It stops the story dead. She stands on it for no character reason whatsoever. It's just literally so that you can go, your audience, this is why she's important. Exactly. Everything feels like forced moments. There's no natural development of these characters. There's no natural development for any of the characters, bar yeah. strange and wonder, and even wonder, in my opinion, is pushing it. Yeah, and I, I agree with what you said in regards that I think Sochi Gomez is a fantastic actor with a lot of promise and hopefully a lot of good things ahead of her. But she, she was given nothing in this movie. She's a, she's a living MacGuffin. She's a prop. Yeah. So yeah. I felt bad for her because it was like, they're giving her nothing to do. Well, this is what I'm saying. I like, I like her as an actress. I, I would like to see more of her. But, you know, apart from yeah. what... When you she, think of she how did cool seem to be damsel in distress for the most part. Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she's on the run, but come on, come on. We, we, we need more than... You're doing a disservice to the character and the actress. Completely. That's my point, is that you could you could replace her with an object that did the same thing. Like, I don't know, there's this tablet that opens the multiverse and Wanda wants to get it and we have to protect it, and it won't change the movie. One job. No. <laughs> it would be exactly the same. But so. I think you could say that about most of the characters. You could yep. definitely say about it, Illuminati. And for, oh, poor, Rintra, for poor Rintra in Camatage. Oh, that was one thing I was going to mention later on because I have an, a, a real bee in my bonnet about that character. What in was the, the point? 
Yep. I know absolutely you know, nothing about that character. And why are they there? What's the point? Tell Funkos. <laughs> That's the only thing I can yep. think of. Because, you know, mm-hmm. there's a Funko of Rintra. Great. Who's Rintra? He's this new character in Multiverse of Madness. Oh, there he is. Oh, and he's gone. Yep. But, I mean, th- this is part of the problem that I'm having is that I... I and I'm part of the problem, don't get me wrong, because I love when Marvel's like, embrace the silliness and the characters and the bizarre things and stuff. And it's just like, you know, not everybody's going to need to be treated like a number one newbie and you can put in things from the comics and stuff. And it's like, all right, you can, but don't just dump a green minotaur in Doctor Strange's home, not mention anything about who they are or why they're there and expect me not to go, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's, I mean? it's not that so much as, it's not that so much as, Bringing merchandise out for the character, yeah, as if that character is going to play a pivotal. Oh, as if they had an important role, yeah. Which is just like, I am background extra number four in this scene. Yeah, I mean, people get on about why do people think Boba Fett is so cool? He had more than two light. Well, that's more than Rintra's had. Yep. But again, I want to know why he's there. Don't dump something that outlandish on me without any explanation whatsoever. Especially not when you've had a movie before where he didn't appear. I mean, I've watched the entire MCU and I still was left thinking, have I missed something? Where's that character from? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You've had more films you to introduce. I think, it, I think it was you. I can remember you asking me way, way, way back. I can't remember what we were talking about, but you said, who's the Minotaur dude? Yeah, exactly. And I, and I was... said something and then it, and, I, and I thought, well, while well, I'm watching it, I just thought, well, I could be right. I could be wrong. Hmm. It's a, another example, I think, of just fan service of the worst kind because it's just like thing you recognise. There you go, eat it up. And yeah, it would be it would be the equivalent of Thor: Love and Thunder having a scene where Peter Ray Bill just appears on screen, goes, "Oh hey, Thor, we had a great fight there," and leaves, and no, nobody addresses it, nobody mentions it, no. nobody knows why there's a horse dressed like Thor. It's just there. <laughs> I could have understood it if the rest of the movie were that trippy. Yeah, yeah, if, exactly. Yeah. Because. This this is the whole problem I have with the movie. It's called Multiverse of Madness. Yep. It's directed by Sam Raimi. Yep. <laughs> you expect you expect as I said, you expect some kind of balls to the wall, trippy, multiple dimension hopping, trying to get away from Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. Yes, you might see people that you recognize, you might see people that you don't recognize, but it's all gonna be outlandish and you're gonna come out thinking, what a ride. Yeah, I was trying to sum it up on. Um, I was trying to sum it up on Twitter, and I said that the thing is because people were asking me like, "What do you think is the promise of the title and whatever else?" And I was like, "The title promises you a romp," and what I actually got was a chase slog. Like it promised you something along the lines of like, I don't know. Um, it's a bad example because everybody's comparing them, but like that new film, Everything Everywhere All at Once, where it's like crazy, or like Jet Li's The War or something. It promised something like that, and it gave me the Terminator. <laughs> it was like. I- it's an embarrassment when, like I said, Marvel and Disney are supposed to be like the number one leading thing with all of the money in the world and the best of ideas. And yet this multiverse concept has been done better by, off the top of my head, the Ninja Turtles, the Power Rangers, DC Comics on television, you know, a thousand other movies that have done a better job of it. You Into know, the Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse, exactly. I mean, even No Way Home. At least they were universes we recognized. You know yeah. what I mean? So, it's just, it was just, it's just a complete, it's it's completely misleading. I mean, to me, it's as though if you'd gone to see Captain America Civil War, okay, 
it would have featured a five-minute segment on which Cap and Tony are arguing over who ate a yogurt in the Avengers compound fridge and then spent the next two hours of the movie trying to fight Stiltman. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, I see your point, definitely, but uh, yeah, sorry. A lot of the things I was going to mention in the different categories have been touched on, but I promised I would try and stick to them, so yeah. I will go back if that's all right with you. <laughs> that's fine, mate. <laughs> Believe it or not, that all sprang from writing, but we I'll mention the things that it touched on because it from acting, sorry, I should say, but I'll mention the other stuff. And uh, yeah, so the next thing I was gonna say was that um in terms of acting, I thought Benedict Cumberbatch was reliably good, to be fair to him, but it was clear that he was having a ball when he was getting to play something different. Uh, like he was yeah. the other strange, or he was like the zombified dead version of Strange. And again, it's criminal that they didn't let him do more of that because everything he got to play was just milk toast, I am hero strange. And it's like, I love that character, and I love that he's heroic, but again, it's a multiverse. Give poor Benedict the chance to flex his acting chops. Yeah. <laughs> and I also wanted to say about uh, the acting, Rachel McAdams, I will say, in the Illuminati world, which I can't remember the number of, but I know you can. That version of McAdams actually is much better. She's much more likable, and she does at least get more, as in she gets anything, to do, but it still just kind of feels like a square peg round hole, the same as my problem's if you listen back to our other one with, my, with the previous movie, in that that character just doesn't really belong there, and she's there just because she has to be, because she's yeah. Doctor Strange's love interest in these movies. Even though they, the movie then has the goal to introduce Strange's future wife in a post-credit scene. <laughs> so she should have been there from the start. Yeah. <laughs> Why have we been using Night Nurse if you had the rights to clear for crying out loud? <laughs> but again, that to, that to me was a kind of... It all felt very early, early... 2000s comic book movie. Mm, I guess, yeah, I guess. But that's Doctor Strange, though. He's supposed to be outlandish and a bit weird and kind of all the characters yeah, but, around him are a little it, bit weird. But it kind of wasn't weird in a good way. It felt weird in a kind of haphazard, cheap, this bunch of people don't quite know what they're doing way. Yeah, I see what you mean. I, I didn't mind it, so I kind of disagree with you a little bit on that point because I think... My biggest excitement was perhaps that scene at the end because I actually knew who that character was. So like Ringtron stuff, I was like, Clea from the Doctor Strange comics, finally! And she's yeah. opening the Dark Dimension, stuff that I know! You know? But, it just uh, felt very yeah. tame and it just felt very, as I say, you know, old Sony Fantastic Four Ghost Rider kind of thing. It, 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 See, it, I like it those movies like, though. <laughs> I, I like them, but they're very much, and, and it's the same, to me, it's the same as the Illuminati. They're very much mm. of their time. And I thought we'd progressed. Now, mm. some bits of this film do seem to have progressed, but for a lot of it, it's like Sam Raimi never left those Spider-Man movies behind. And I'm going to have to disagree on that. that I, think era, films are, I think the Spider-Man films are way better. They work better than anything he's able to do here. Even the third one, when it really shouldn't and doesn't a lot of the time, does a better job of, of melding that tone and giving you something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe that's just me, and you know, feel free to disagree. Anybody at all, but uh, yeah, I just didn't feel that sense of oh, it's a Raimi film at all. It felt to me like it was like, do as you're told, and we'll throw you a couple of five minute bits where you can do what you want. Do you know what I mean? It did, it did feel like a Raimi, but as I've, uh, someone said on online, it sometimes felt more Spider Man Three Raimi than Evil Dead Raimi. Well, yeah, that which is my point because there's a lot of Spider Man Three which you can tell is like, look, the studio needs you to do this, so just do. Talking about good actors and stuff. We've mentioned this a lot in our previous uh, Doctor Strange 1 review, so I won't go too far into it, but it was criminal that they completely wasted Chiwetel Ejiofor again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that... As you were saying, it's not addressed, but 
again, my biggest issue, it is addressed, but it all happened off screen because I was I, I was this close to screaming at the screen. And like, I think I, I was like, I almost whispered it a bit too loudly and somebody looked at me in the cinema because there's that scene when he goes like, oh, I'm, I'm on my guard because the mortar of my universe has sworn to kill me. I'm his ultimate enemy. And I just went, since when? Yeah. We never when saw that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's... He never said that, anything of the sort. So either something's happened off screen again, or you're talking crap. <laughs> yeah, they've glossed over all the interesting stuff for pointless fan service. Yep, completely. And uh, it's just silly, it really is. But um, on, a, on a more positive note, uh, since we're talking about the Illuminati, so, you know, spoilers-ish, I guess. <laughs> but I did want to say that although the character ultimately ended up being pointless, I was actually quite impressed with Krasinski to play Reed Richards in a very small role. Because um, he kind of sold me when I wasn't, I was never one of the people that was like, that would be great casting when I was watching like fan art on the internet and stuff. And yet having watched him in the role for four or five minutes, I was like, actually, you know what? He's not bad. So, <laughs> I would so, be interested to find out how they actually got him because he swore blind for, for so long. I'd love to do it, but it's not happening. That, and then you kept seeing I, all these fan theories and all this fan artwork as you say so i wonder if Raimi approached him or he approached them or... i have a theory about it which is similar to it's not really even my theory somebody else mentioned it today but i did see it and started to wonder which is it's an awful coincidence that fantastic four lost its director just as a man who's known as a director and actor got cast in the role so you've got to wonder so if you... maybe that's how they got him <laughs> oh so you're thinking there could have been a deal set up as i think it could have been character and you can direct it yeah. Come and play Mr. Fantastic for us, and we'll let you direct the movie. I mean, wouldn't you? <laughs> that's, that's quite. That, that would be quite savvy, actually. I could, I could really get on board with that. We're going back to Illuminati. It was amazing to see him. It was amazing. I was blown away by the fact that we got Anson Mount as Black Bolt. Oh, I could not believe that. That was one thing I swore blind was never going to happen. Everybody that was like, well, the Inhumans are in the uh, Illuminati. Is there a chance? And I was like, after that disaster, there's no way Marvel are touching that with a 10-foot pole. And then Anson Mount appeared, and he was in the actual comic authentic costume, and they used his ridiculous name. And I was like... Prove me wrong, Faggy. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've got to be honest. I did prefer the uh, muted though it was. I did prefer the uh, TV oh, series I costume. I, I, I can't. I, I'm really. I think we're past the era where leather jackets with a slight pattern on constitute a superhero costume. I really yeah. do. <laughs> there was just something about this one that felt kind of off. I was just. Oh, know, I, loved I it. just thought this <laughs> is a fantastic day for Anson. What with this and Strange New Worlds, he's, he's just <laughs> well, like king of the world. It was, it was a fantastic day for Captains of the Enterprise because Patrick Stewart was uh, in both of the finale of his Picard show and in the Illuminati as well. So yeah, you know, I mean, we Trek the, the, fans be eaten, shall we say? <laughs> regardless of of how it was implemented, and regardless of how we both feel about how they were done a disservice, I think that mm. to get them in as well as oh, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, Captain Carter and yes, it, uh, Captain Marvel. Sorry, had a brain fart. That there. was the one I wasn't overly fussed about, and I think they handled the worst. Because I, fair enough, Lashana Lynch is a great actress, and I can kind of see why you would want her for that reason. But Captain Marvel was never a part of the comics Illuminati, which I know, yeah, why me? Oh, it doesn't be the same with the comics. But Captain Marvel's also so OP in that universe that. We're expected to believe that she can stand up against Thanos punching her square in the face with the power stone or a barrage from three ships, but a statue to the face will kill her. Yeah, it's, it's nonsense. It's just like we need to dispatch them as quickly as possible. So, I don't know, this will do and that's that entire <laughs> section 
with the exception of the, the nice little bit of banter between Strange and Mardo, because at least mm. we were getting something from them. Apart from that, I just thought that entire Illuminati section was just a waste. It was a waste, but we could done without. But there's things that I liked in it to just not be completely oh. missed and negative, negative yeah. Nelly about it all. Because I, I appreciated the fact that they actually took the time to address the fact that Mister Fantastic has kids, because that's again a big drop from the comics of like, ooh, Franklin and Valeria. But it also gave you at least a, a smidgen of a chance to try and give Wonder a chance to give pause and for her to say like, well, is their mother still alive? So that you can believe, like, okay, if she wasn't, maybe she would have shown a tiny scrap of mercy. Do you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah. It. Uh, it. So I was reading a a thread on this, and one of the people said the reason it doesn't work is, as we were saying earlier, they don't have time to be brought into the the no. the script. Natural no connection with them. That's the no. thing. Yeah. And what it is, it's basically a roll call. You didn't even have to name them name by name. Uh, some people could have pointed and gone, oh, that's such and such. That's such and such. Or you didn't yeah. even have to name them at all. But the fact, and here is Black Bolt. Well, Black Agar Baltagon. And here is Captain Marvel. And here is Captain Cat. And you just, and it's like after each one, there was like a small pause as if they were waiting for the audience to go, woo! Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing I was going to mention because I would love to know what was happening in other people's screenings because uh, this is kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of like, you know, <laughs> apropos of nothing, it's just stories from my life. But when we went to go and see No Way Home, I was with my brother, um, and when Andrew Garfield appeared, you have never heard cheers like that in the entire screen we were in. And then Toby Maguire appeared, and it was like, well, we better cheer for him because we cheered for the one, yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> um, but there were still cheers. I'm not going to, you know, diss him or anything. And you, you could tell there was louder cheers from the oldies like me that were like, yeah, he's ours. Give us our Spider-Man as well. Come on. <laughs> but, uh, but then this film, I was expecting, I was waiting for something happening because I'd been spoiled beforehand. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to clench my fists and wait for the inevitable uproar when Mr. Fantastic appears. He appeared on screen and there was dead silence in my screen. Yeah. Not one I've person made a reaction. I've seen wow. several say it was just silent and but but the way they were treating it on screen the way it was directed it was like they were introducing them and then giving some kind of subtle knowing wink to the audience saying hey remember this person and no yeah. one cares and because, because no one cares when they're introduced they're definitely not going to care when they're dispatched five minutes later that's the issue though isn't it is that it boils down to what i was saying before is that they think people were cheering because Ooh, thing I recognise, when in actual fact we were cheering for Garfield and Maguire because we've had two or three movies with those characters and we've invested in those characters. That's what we were cheering for. Not like, ooh, it's a Spider-Man. If you'd had a random dude in a Spidey suit appear, nobody would have cared because we've got no connection to them. It's yeah. just like, like I said, if, if it had been the... And they could have easily done this and should have done this if it had been the Professor X of the Marvel Universe and it somehow merged and it was like... Oh, he's come from the Fox universe, so it's the one we've known and we've lived with all this time. And oh my gosh, now look what's happened to him again or whatever. But it wasn't, it was just like it could be anybody. So who cares? I've got no yeah, connection again, to them. They treated the character with they, they treated the character with disrespect as they just yeah. used them. Like you said that they used with America, they just used them as props. Yeah. It was very much like um, come see my collection of action figures. It very much <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it just didn't look. work. So all these people are just saying oh, everybody's just salty because you didn't get the cameos that you wanted. And it was like, no, we actually got too many cameos. And the ones that we did get were just 
done pitifully. It's not that it's that they were done badly. Like I said, I mean, especially when you're a multiverse movie and you currently have to try to reconcile, you know, the Fox universe that you've bought. You have access to the Spider-Man universe. You've got an animated universe you've started on TV. You've got potentially a whole new universe with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff. So you've got all those universes to play with. And instead you go, here's a whole new universe with people you've never met. Yeah. So why do I care? <laughs> yeah. It's just, it, it's not like they're setting anything up. No. It's, it, it, they That's, are just there yeah. for, for prop purposes. You know, it, it, and it just comes across to me in a film that's already got pacing issues to just stop yeah. it dead. Yeah. Uh, well, and like you said, it's to give Wanda, like, oh, look how powerful she is. She can take out the premier team of heroes on this world somehow. <laughs> Even yeah. though it doesn't really make a... I'll give you one thing made sense, and I thought it was really good and quite imaginative, which is the way that she was able to kill Blackbolt, or basically get him to kill himself, by removing the mouth, then giving him it back, and then sealing it as he started to talk, so it basically like ricocheted back into his own head. I was like, okay, that's clever. And I can kind of see yeah. how you, you have to deal with that level of power, and that's the way to do it. That's fair enough. But then, like I said, a few seconds later, it was just like, Captain Marvel has a statue on her. And... Yeah. <laughs> that killed Reed Richards is string cheese when it comes to people like him you're going into a film now when they do eventually do the MCU thinking mm. this guy's a bit of a twerp he would he, he would dispatched in you know no time at all his power set's rubbish yep so you're kind of demeaning the character before you even introduce him exactly it's silly, isn't it? And uh, anyway, but one last 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 note. I promise on the acting that I wanted to say was that I really love. Uh, this is, I promise it's about the acting, but I really love Haley Atwell. I think she's great, and I love to see her. And I can't believe that there's so many people that hate Captain Carter or Peggy Carter as a character because I'm seeing a lot of it online, and I'm like, I don't, I don't agree with this. I love this character. Next section that I had was writing, but I've kind of touched on basically all of this in our we, uh, rant. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, Infinite possibility wasted. Uh, one thing I did say, it swaps depth, meaning, and underlying powerful themes, which I thought if the first movie had for generic, that'll do, mindless action. Um, yeah. Which I was like, yep, it kind of does. It's like, you know, as I was saying to, again, to Will, to one of our friends, I was like, you can disagree with me about my love for the first Doctor Strange film if you want, but you can't deny that there's a message that they're trying to get over there. You know, the whole, it's not about you and you're allowed to fail. And there's stuff that it's seeing that matters. And yet, what is the underlying message of this film? Because the only one I can find is, ooh, bitches be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, you, you can you can't you can kind of see that they're saying, oh, it's a you know, it's about a mother and a search for children, hence the uh oh MOM acronym, but Yeah, yeah. I will it, but it, it that, doesn't work it, so much when you make that character a one note character and only uh, kind of show them some vulnerability right at yeah. the end. Yes. I don't think that was handled very well, but I can see your point and I kind of, I concede that. But I did also read, which I'm just remembering, so apologies, it's popping into my head, that I read somebody that said, wow, the reason that Doctor Strange is so protective of America isn't just that he's a good guy, it's that he's basically, he's making up for the guilt he feels about the loss of his younger sister, and that if, if it can protect America, somehow it'll make up for not being able to protect her. And I was like, that's gorgeous. Where was that yeah. in the film then? <laughs> you know I, mean? I didn't get that <laughs> now talking about direction and i will say that again we touched on it but there was more fanfare for not just the spider-mans but it was quite telling for me that i saw this on the same day that i watched the moon knight season two finale and yeah. season one finale sorry and i genuinely got more enthused and excited for the arrival of scarlet scarab a character whose name i didn't know two days ago 
than I did for the arrival of Reed Richards in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing something wrong because there's no gravitas to it. I also thought it was kind of criminal how bad the CGI was in places. Like some of it was worse than Spider-Man 1 and 2 level. Definitely. This is another thing I was going to say. It does. It, I mean, yeah, you, you expect a certain look from Raimi, but you don't expect the technical aspect to be like it was in the first Evil Dead. And that to yep. me is what came across sometimes. It looked incredibly cheap. I mean, yep. just basic stuff. And, Getting down to the direction, yes, I know reshoots are a thing, but did you see the ever-changing length of Wong's hair? <laughs> oh, I've got a worse one than that, and it was somebody somebody brought it up on Twitter, and I hate them for doing it, and I was resistant to it, but they are absolutely right, because I was like, it's not going to be in the movie, because it was in a preview clip they were released, but if you happen to find the preview clip, it's at the very start of the fight with Gargantos, you know, bargain basement Juma Gorath, um, where he first appears, and he basically like throws something at Strange, and Strange, like, gears up the magical shields or whatever. The same guy runs past Doctor Strange four times in a row. What and it's like, how did, how did nobody notice this? It's one guy with a briefcase that screams and runs past him four times. And all of the MCU stands in the comments are like, he's clearly in a time loop. You're just not aware of it. I was like, oh, come on. Now we're just getting ridiculous. I mean, oh, it's, it's not that. It's just that they didn't care. It was like, oh, you can see the action well enough. So who gives a crap? <laughs> that lack of the slightest bit of finesse from a director like Raimi is not good enough. I'm sorry, it just isn't. <laughs> no, I mean he's, and, uh, he's 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 well known as a just directing some absolute classics, but he just yeah. he felt like he was just coasting on this. It 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 really did feel to me like it was a paycheck, which it never has felt like for him before. And yeah, I mean maybe I'm out of place saying that, and maybe he loves this character and. He really did relish coming back into a comic book film, but there was times when I just felt like I could sense his exhaustion through the screen and very much a sense of, that'll do. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Again, maybe and, that's and, just me. No, I don't think it is, because for the for the amount, as I said earlier, the amount of people, the, the professionals involved in this, it shouldn't be looking like that as a, mm. as a finished product. Yeah. And I will say as well, I thought it was incredibly cheap and... I did not appreciate it in the level that I was supposed to if it was an intentional callback. But when um, Gargantos in that first scene starts kind of climbing up the wall of the building and everything, and I was like, okay, so you're doing Spider-Man 2 again. It's the same scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the scene from the clock tower with Doc Ock climbing up there. You, you haven't changed anything. I, it honestly <laughs> felt like they were using the same scenery. It did, and it felt, it felt like, you know, we'll, we'll swap the Aunt May asset for an America Chavez asset. We'll swap Doc Ock for this weird creature. There you go, just use the same thing. My last note about the direction is just that, yes, I know you come to expect the Bruce Campbell cameo in all Raimi films. This was far and away the worst one I've ever seen, not least because it's tried to give you the zaniness that the film promises, but instead it gives you something illogical that makes no sense. How in the yeah. feck can anybody beat the crap out of themselves for three weeks? When did he eat? When did he go to the toilet? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's stupid. It's a perfect then, example of just like, we're going to say something funny and not care about the actual follow through. And, you know, then in the, the post credit scene. Yep. You know, you're expecting something a little better. You just think, come on, come on, this 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 could be good. And then it's Bruce Campbell going, it's over. And you just think, yeah, I'm kidding, mate. <laughs> I wouldn't even have minded that if it, had, if it hadn't have been like, if it had said something stupid along the lines of, well, you know, the, the spell's only temporary, but it will last eight hours, I'd be more on board than just like, this is after three weeks? Yeah. <laughs> you know no bruises. 
Yeah, well, one, but that's the same one, you know. Plus, I mean, this is the guy who literally did the same thing in Evil Dead 2, which is, again, don't repeat your same shtick. And secondly, in that movie, he just chainsawed his hand off. If you have to, just do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Don't get me wrong. There were some fantastic parts. There were some really good Raimi shots. Raimi, yes, definitely, yeah. You know, you, you, Raimi is good. But the, you can... There's some bits there was a, a few him. great shots. I wish I could remember a few of them more, and I'm sure I will on a rewatch. But there was some great, like, twisty, turny, upside down, and kind of not straight up shots that you get from Raimi. And the one that sticks in my mind is kind of the fisheye lens view from the point of view of the watch when Stranger's fixing it. Because yeah. it's like, at least it's something different to change the scene. <laughs> but uh, like I said, I mean, those I scenes of, when they when they happened, I it just of, felt like it was kind of all right. We'll let you, Sam, because you've been good. <laughs> you know. I, I liked the. Uh... Zombie Strange, I like to. Yes, I'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the whole yes. you know Evil Dead vibe from that. You know, you saw that yes. and you think that's Raimi. Yep. What more well, than that? My last section is just scenes, and so I will definitely get to that when we talk about that because I'm starting to get into the positives now. I promised the audience, and I will do it. <laughs> uh, so my next section is just three quick notes I have about the music, which are all positives. Because much as I did just criticize it, I won't lie, I did genuinely almost weep when I heard the X-Men cartoon theme and they introduced Professor X. Because <laughs> I am just that kind of freaking sucker that I complained about. You know, that's that's how you get me. You give him the authentic Shi'ar wheelchair and play the X-Men theme tune, and I'm just like, it's the 90s again, guys. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and similarly, when they introduced Wanda with the theme from WandaVision, again, I just fell for it. I was like, oh, that thing I liked. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I did like the uh, the little psychic aside where he went into a brain and amongst the rubble there was the TV showing the intro to the. Uh, I loved the show. that. I loved that because my brother just wasn't was confused by that issue. He was like, "Why did to have that scene of like the other Wonder being in rubble when Professor X after?" I was like, "You didn't pick up on the fact that that was a reference to in Sokovia when they were buried in rubble and it was a Stark missile that almost killed them, but she was able to watch the sitcoms on TV. That was the whole point." <laughs> But was, again, that would have perhaps been more obvious if it was actually our wonder that was represented there. But, yeah, uh, yeah. There, there anyway. was some, uh, there was some uh, really good, really good parts. I, I love that little psychic scene. But again, mm. Professor X dealt with way too quickly. Switching back to positives for a second, my favorite part of the movie and the kind of thing that delivered exactly what I was hoping for because in that it delivered something that I didn't know I wanted, but was so weird and outlandish and crazy, and actually brought me back to some of the trippier aspects of the first movie, was the fight with the, the two strangers, when they started using musical notes as weapons, because, oh my god, that's genius! That's so imaginative and brilliant! Why did it take you almost the whole movie to get there? <laughs> yeah, it's nice. <laughs> I, I, like the, uh, I like the section. It's, it's pretty much one of the only sections where you kind of use a visual... Effects of mine from the first one where he trapped Wanda yes. in the mirror dimension. Yes, then, yeah, so brief. When she when she comes out of it, you know, oh, like that was mutilated, and you just think, holy shit. Yeah, there was a few kind of like hands rising from the grave type Raimi scenes that I appreciated as well. Not least the actual corpse, obviously, when it came up. But uh, yeah, that was very <laughs> Evil Dead deliberately, I think, wasn't it? So. But was it just me? Why would anybody have buried a corpse in the seal in the roof of a building? I thought it was like a garden roof they had, like a lot of these New Yorkers have. They have like a, the same way that we have like uh, plant pots outside on the window ledges and stuff. They often have like a little mini greenhouse or whatever at the top of the building. But still, you know, you just, <laughs> I just thought, all right, there's a bunch of people living here. I'll just bury it in the roof. 
Well, it wasn't just anywhere. It was the Sanctum Sanctorum. It wasn't just a random house. <laughs> yeah, but still, it just, it just struck me as a bit, what? You could have buried you it anywhere. Just... At least bury it where there's protection spells. You, <laughs> you could know? have just, like, opened a pocket dimension and just chucked it in I mean... and say, yeah, dumb ammo. Logically speaking, he would have just burned it, but he needed it for the end of the film, so that didn't happen. <laughs> well, again, but it's but it, it's making decisions that the plot is relying on for no other yep. reason. Yep. But that's the film, isn't it? I'm trying yeah. to be positive. You're not helping. I know. <laughs> really did enjoy yeah. this film, audience. I'm sorry. <laughs> My next thing I was going to talk about was just individual scenes that we haven't really talked about. And uh, as I said, I've, I've mentioned already, I love the musical notes fight. I thought it was actually the kind of thing that you would have expected from these movies and uses the character and the tone and everything perfectly. Like you already mentioned, possessing the corpse and using the souls of the damned as a cape and stuff is fantastic. It's really cool. It's it's almost got nothing to do with the multiverse at all, <laughs> but, but at least yeah. it's really cool and looks great, you know? It's more like that would have really helped the movie out. I felt definitely but i will say this from from the way everybody's going on about it like how did this film get a 12 rating it wasn't scary i thought anyway and i'm quite a wuss i was like is this really supposedly really terrifying for people i mean maybe of, if i was a kid a couple of jump scares but you know a couple of jump scare moments like you mentioned like wanda busting through and stuff and crawling after him like exorcist style and stuff were perhaps a little jarring but people are going on about this like um dead strange and the souls of the dead thing is like this is the most terrifying thing i've ever seen i was like you need to watch more horror films yeah they've definitely <laughs> never watched uh, they've definitely never watched evil dead you see when, when yeah, that happened me. i just thought this is rainy i just yeah. i wish it had taken him not so long to get to it and it was it was a beautiful scene well exactly. you know in relatively speaking definitely uh, my last my last section was just about mcu connections but again i've talked a few about them um, but I will give, because I'm looking for praise here, so I will say one of the things I've said with praise is that I do like the actually acknowledged Infinity War and that Doctor Strange made that choice and the world at large seems to know that. Because again, it was too way too brief and I would have liked to see more of it, but seeing, um, what's his name, Nico actually address Doctor Strange and be like, you know, I lost, you know, cats or whatever because it's got to be a joke, but I lost stuff during this snap. That, was it really the only choice you had? You know, <laughs> to... Ultimately, then, you know, sticking the knife in with just like, so you got to be the hero and you saved everything, but still didn't get the girl. Still didn't get the that's, girl, yeah. That's fascinating. Why don't, don't do, do more of that? <laughs> do character work, you know? You see, I, th I think <laughs> if, if, if it had been Derrickson that stuck with it, you would have had more of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, I read an interview where, Eric, where Derrickson said, and I think this might be the reason he left, was that immediately after the first one he was interviewed and says, if I do the second one, I want it to focus on Mordo. I want it to bring back Pangborn. Uh, and I want to kind of delve into these characters a lot more. And then, like I said, that's basically the opposite of what you got in Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. So it's a shame. I can it see why he left if that was the case. But, uh, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, it was nice that they did briefly mention the events of No Way Home, but I couldn't help but it really felt to me like they had to shuffle the order and that was a quick reshoot that they had to chuck in to acknowledge that it happened, if, you, if that makes sense. Because it kind of felt obvious to me throughout this film that Spider-Man No Way Home shouldn't have happened yet. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, you, you, you've got people arguing on the internet now. I saw one today who was just saying it looks like they have no plan as to where this is going. Yep. So, well, we said that, yeah. Of, yeah, there were a bunch of people having a tirade at him. It's just saying, why does it have to, why do they have to have a plan? These are just movies, but you can't say that when you're basing one movie off a TV series which has been based on another movie. Well, you, and now, not just that, like you said, as, as I said to you again in kind of private chat. Uh, one night was that 
they not only do they not seem like they have an idea, it feels like they're just chucking shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Because they've set up everything from Young Avengers to Thunderbolts slash Dark Avengers to the multiverse to the quantum realm to any number of other things, and yet they've developed none of them. It's a very strange way of marketing it. And as you said in the chat the other night, I mean, should it have ended with Endgame? Mm -hmm. I'll get to that because I've made polls and I have results to to give everyone on that one. Oh, yeah. So, I, uh, I made some Twitter polls to see what people thought. And sometimes people are with us and occasionally we're in the minority. We definitely are in the vast minority with people who all thought the multiverse thing was handled well. I don't see it, but what the heck? The majority seem to. No, it's, <laughs> you know, we're, we're a couple of old farts. So if they loved it, more power to them. Yeah. Um, just one last present positive, though, before I get to the character moment line. Um, I did like the kind of references to comic book lore that weren't like so confusing and baffling as to throw you out. So it was nice to know that we had a reference to Mount Wondergore uh, that we finally got to see. And the kind of that it was uh, the Lovecraft guy who created the Darkhold and everything and these cool temples and stuff. But again, it's just kind of a shame we didn't do more with it. And uh, I will remain bitter to this very day and till the very day I draw my last breath that we are ignoring the fact that the Dark Horde was crucial to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4, the single best season of television Marvel have produced. Definitely. So, you know, address it. <laughs> Never mind. I would that say, was oh, my I, rant for the day. Do you know, I would say it's as relevant to Multiverse of Madness as WandaVision. Yeah, well, it would be if they mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be weird anyway, though, because they seem like they've destroyed the actual Dark Horde and the version where it's carved into the mountains. But the Darkhold is how you get like vampires and stuff in the universe, which they're going to have to do for Blade and stuff. So either they're going to have to immediately backtrack on what they've done, like whoopsie, or like they've ruined an opportunity to do something like that. Oh, it's, you know, I mean, she, you know, she's going to come back. She signed it. Oh, I, I, I'm annoyed enough about that. That was my other issue, which I should have mentioned. I just lost fast was that literally nothing in this movie ends. It, it doesn't matter. The way of dealing with Wonder is stupid because we all know she's fine. So that's not given a conclusion. Strange isn't given a conclusion because he defeats his evil self, then becomes his evil self, and that's addressed like a joke. Yeah, so I was, there's no I ending was, to anything. I was <laughs> saying this to someone online because they said, "Well, it resolved the problems. It resolved everything set up in One Division." I said, "Well, it hasn't really. The kids are still out there. Wonder's <laughs> yeah, not Wanda's dead. <laughs> you know, Strange has got a third eye now, and." You know, well, obviously he's, he's in pain one minute and then the next minute he's just happily walking down the street with a scarf on. But it just, none of it's resolved. The, no. the, there just seems to be... And I the fact know. that they had the nerve to leave all that open and then introduce another plot with the introduction of Clear, it's like, finish the plots you've got before you give us a new one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not only have they abandoned, like, Mordor and all that stuff, but now they've left all this wide open and it's just like, give us any kind of conclusion, you know? Uh, yeah. Anyway, it, it it just seemed. Again, I'm 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 repeating myself because I'm sure you know there's people that absolutely hate us if they're listening to this. I don't <laughs> dislike the movie. I just yeah. think it has some not great decisions, and it it definitely shouldn't have been advertised the way it was. No, it shouldn't have definitely. Giving it that kind of title was pro a promise that they didn't deliver, but. Uh, I'll move us on to the, the sort of penultimate-ish section then and just ask, and I'll ask you first, DK, you know what I'm going to say. Uh, what was your favourite character moment and line in the movie? And uh, we'll start with your favourite character. Uh, I think he's going to be America. Okay. I think she's got fantastic potential. We might not have seen it in this, but mm. this the the very little development that we did get from her, she she was a, 
incredibly likable character and i want to see yeah. more of her because i'm not to be honest apart from a couple of issues i'm not that familiar with america from the comic books yeah that's true that's fair enough actually yeah um i certainly don't disagree as i say i think my issue with not picking her was just that she's too much of a MacGuffin as opposed to a character um but again like you said what that actress did with what little she was given was pretty good and i'm intrigued to see more i certainly wouldn't be averse to it so that's going to be a good no. sign um no i just said Nobody really stands out in this film, and they really should uh, in terms of character, but I guess I'll go for Strange because at least he's the most noble, heroic, and in character, at least till the very end. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what was your favourite moment in the movie? <laughs> uh, I, are we talking moment or line? Uh, if moment, it's moment first, and then we'll it, go line. <sighs> moment or scene, it's I gonna, say, really. <laughs> it's, it's a toss-up. Yeah, there... I know I've gone on about it, the, the zombie strange at the end, but I think mm -hmm. rather than that, I'm going to go through for the 15 seconds where we actually saw the multiverse. Because yeah, that was well, that would, yeah, yeah, yeah. trippy, it was beautiful, and I just wanted more of that. Mine is very similar, because again, if you've watched the Doctor Strange review, you'll know the kind of things that appeal to us listener <laughs> anyway, but mm -hmm. on a similar note, I said my favourite moment was the, the musical notes fight, because... To me, it's the closest this film got to the ambition and imagination of the visuals from the first movie, because at least it did something. You know? <laughs> so yeah. I thought I really liked that, and I dug that. That was I felt that in a lot more of a, a powerful way because you know it's visuals and it's coupled with music and it looks cool and it's outlandish. So yeah, that was my favorite moment. Um, so what was your what, favorite? Sorry. Just just addressing that's one thing I don't like the fact that we we mentioned it with regards to the first Doctor Strange, the visuals were beautiful in that one. And yep. the ones in this were just brutal. They looked really yeah. amateurish in some bits. And I know that's Raimi's stick, but it, it was so mm. jarring. It's weird because it's uh, it comes back to something Will said in that other review, in that even No Way Home did a really great scene using the Mirror Universe thing. And here we got one like very brief thing about trying to trap Wanda, and then that was it. It was like they forgot they had yeah. that power. I know you couldn't keep relying on it because obviously you used it once and she busted out of it, but it would have been nice yeah. to just see a bit more of that rather than, you know, the usual fare. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but so what was your yeah. favourite line if you had a one? <laughs> it, yeah, it's, I, I do like, uh, you break the rules and become a hero, I'll do it and become the enemy. That hardly seems fair. The way she delivers I, that line is just beautiful I have an issue with. Uh, I have an issue with that because it turns out it's oh, not God. referring to what we what we thought it was referring to. Yeah. She's referring to him like handing the time stone to Thanos, which wasn't breaking any rules. If she'd actually been referring back to the whole Spider-Man thing, fair enough, but she's not. So I don't like... mind. As a, as a, I'm taking it as a standalone line and the way it was delivered. Oh, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Fair enough. But I'm just saying, like, you know, in context um, in the movie, it doesn't work for me because... And the way she delivers it, I've, I've got to be honest, I'm, I'm, I think she's a fantastic actress, but when she delivered that line, I'm like, whew, Elizabeth, wow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Is it, know. It, yeah, I think that would have done really well. My favourite line is just going to annoy half the listeners again, so apologies, haters, but it literally was just, who, me? Oh, I could do this all day. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I just, because you, you've got nothing to connect with those members of the Illuminati, and yet that at least gave me something familiar where I was like, all right, something to connect with, a familiar line at least, you know? <laughs> So, yeah, anyway, but she delivers it well. And I, I maybe feel the same way about Haley Atwell that you did about Elizabeth Olsen just then. Yeah, like, that's fair yeah. enough. You, you, you know, go, girl. Yeah, we're, we're at the mercy of our hormones, dude. 
exactly. <laughs> so um, I'll tell you what we'll do then, because uh, people will probably click off if we gave our opinions before everyone else's. So we'll give the audience interaction section next, then we'll go to our conclusions and scores to, to conclude. I did ask on Twitter, what were your thoughts if you happen to have seen the movie? Didn't get a lot of responses. I literally only got one, um, but it was from a, oh. a regular follower of mine. So shout out to Ramon Urquiza, who constantly tags me on Follow Fridays and stuff as well. Absolute legend uh, and has the hashtag We Are Starfleet in his bio, so you know he's good. Um, <laughs> but he just said, with no spoilers, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is more madness than multiverse. And yep, <laughs> I got to agree with him. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that's kind of related to what we were saying, really, wasn't it? Yeah. So, I wanted to get into this a little bit, so apologies. Uh, please indulge me, listeners and viewers. Um, in the absence of kind of any real feedback on this movie, because it is quite new, uh, I thought we, we would do sort of random, what I call Marvel Studios Phase 4 polls, uh, just because I'm curious and just because it seems like a nice time to take stock. Um, so the first one that I said was just, how would you rate the Phase 4 movies overall so far? Uh, the results of that were 53% said good, 28% said excellent, 16% said poor, and 2% said awful. And that was from 43 people who voted. Um, oh. The next one I said was, what's been your favourite Phase 4 movie so far? And comment if it's not listed. Nobody commented, so it was only the four I picked. There were only 19 votes, but um, Spider-Man No Way Home won with 47%. Then Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings got 26%. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness came third with 21%, and Black Widow in fourth with 5%. No love for Eternals, not surprisingly. Um, no. I listed what the series were and said, how would you rate the Phase 4 Disney Plus shows overall so far? There were only 15 votes. Nobody at all said awful. 47% said excellent, 40% said good, and 14% said poor. So weirdly, it seems like the TV shows have a much better reception than the movies. Um, well, they give the characters time to breathe, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I then said, what's been your favourite Phase 4 series so far? And again, feel free to comment if I haven't listed it. Uh, I did not list Hawkeye or What If, but nobody said anything. So presumably they would have got 0%, uh, as did Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Didn't pick up any votes, even though it was on the poll. Really? Really, yeah. Oh, uh, the winner, again, there was only 14 votes, so who knows how big of a sample it is. But the far and away winner with 57% was WandaVision. And then in joint second place with 21% each were Loki and Moon Knight. So, again, mm -hmm. I'm kind of loving that WandaVision's getting the love. But, yeah, I'm with you. Like, no love for the others at all. Okay. <laughs> I just, I can't get over it. I loved Hawkeye. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it well enough, certainly. Um, yeah. There you go. <laughs> My next question, I promise there's only two or three more, was how do you feel Phase 4 compares against this same point in Phases 1 to 3? There was 26 votes on this one. 35% of people, the winning votes, said it was worse, uh, which I think is telling. 31% yeah. said about the same. 19% said better than some, and only 15% said better. So, again, I think that's quite a telling result when you look at it that way. Uh, next, Not. do you think the MCU, this is the big one, should have wrapped up with Avengers Endgame, as we were talking? Uh, there was 32 votes, so it's quite a big uh, decisive number. 53% of people said no. So, all right, just us, I guess. <laughs> no, not that, not that I'm saying I would believe that. It's just I was kind of curious. So that's a definitive no from 53%. 28% said no, but changed things up a bit. I think it's fair. 16% did say yes, which is more than I was expecting. Um, and only 3% said yes, but shifted doing TV. So there you go. Uh, and one last thing, as I mentioned earlier, I said, do you think the whole multiverse story thread has been successful? Uh, and I left the... Um, options yes no partly and i don't care 
<laughs> there were 12 <laughs> votes. Uh, only two of them actually picked up votes. 58% said yes, and 42% said partly. So everyone seems way more positive about the whole idea of the multiverse, it seems. Uh, maybe it's just us that feel like they haven't really done it justice, but there you go. A lot of people I, don't know if it's been, I don't know if it's because we know what potential it has, and we know yeah. some of the characters that are there. I mean, I, I was waiting ages waiting absolutely ages for Kang to come into this universe mm -hmm. and and he's there and they're kind of touching in it and I know it's you're not going to see him really until Quantumania but you just think you've got such a good character there he should have had more of an impact as you say they're throwing stuff against the wall seeing what sticks and as a result some really good ca characters are getting the exposure that I think they deserve yeah um I do, I do beg your pardon. I have found a couple of other things about... They weren't directly at me, but they were just other Twitter opinions on the movie that I had saved to share. Um, okay. So I might as well, because they were kind of around about the same way. Um, the first one is by Cine Mian Ke, uh, or Mayank Neilwall, uh, who says, Dang, Doctor Strange is a bad film. It's visually refreshing and never boring, briskly paced, and has some fun bits. Performances are great, but it's all over the place. The tone constantly shifts between a typical MCU versus Raimi film, the cameos are insulting, and there's no madness. So, <laughs> Christ. Yeah. Uh, so what you think? <laughs> one of my favourite critics, who I find myself agreeing with, not all the time, but certainly quite a lot, uh, is a guy called Dan Murrell, uh, who you should all follow on YouTube and Twitter. He's at Murrell Dan, and he just said, while it has some great parts, I found the whole of Multiverse of Madness to be a messy MCU centrepiece with empty reveals and continued inconsistency in characterizations. Lots of folks seem to, seem to love this movie, but I'm sadly not one of them. That's almost word for word the kind of thing I wanted to be able to uh, to express, but didn't quite have the uh, the level of uh, gravitas to do so, or yeah. lucidity, shall we say? Um, it's been a very divisive movie, which you wouldn't it started expect out from not Doctor seeming Strange. like it was going to be. Yeah, it started out seeming like we were in the minority, and there was just a lot of positivity towards it. But it's certainly got more mixed as time has gone by. Um, I think it's word of mouth, and I think it's more and more people that are seeing it and thinking this is not what we were promised. And again, it's not to say it's a bad movie. It's just I think people were expecting too much or were led to believe too much. And apparently, apparently Feige said that in the trailers they showed too much mm. because apparently he's, he doesn't have overall... Uh, he's not overall in charge of that department anymore. So yeah. maybe they'll they'll learn something from this. It, it does, it, to some extent, seem to have been the whole one division writ large in which yeah. you know in which half of the audience are going it's going to reveal this character it's going to reveal that mm. character and, and and they're saying we never actually promised that yeah oh well um the last thing i wanted to do before we give our conclusions and score then is just to give i mentioned uh, to you off air earlier but i happen to have access to will templar's letterboxd who's kind of the patron saint of the channel who comes on <laughs> very often with us um, so his review is longer than I thought it was going to be, uh, but he says, uh, this film is a blast, here you guys will understand eventually, and Raimi injects some incredible Raimiisms into this, but my word, my word, there are logical problems with the plot from base one, two words, Wanda's children. This is this is Will talking, by the way, before anybody comes for me. Uh, speaking of which, I hope I never see Julian Hilliard and Jack Klein on screen again. They are truly dreadful child actors. Dude, they're so good in other stuff, I promise. I've seen them in other stuff. Uh, <laughs> initially, I thought, here, that was a dream sequence, okay. Now I understand that we're, that was a bit weird. 
Then it juggled the idea that different universes are seen through dreams, an interesting meaty concept, and those dream sequences suddenly became real, which based on what it showed ties into the plot being to quote one of the top reviews of this movie, held together with rubber bands and duct tape. <laughs> Coupled with some James Gunn-esque CGI sequences, editing that fails to flip tones well in any shape or form, scenes that descend into absurdity, evident lack of cues or actor direction in some scenes, resulting in half-baked performances from Benedict and Elizabeth in moments, uh, a meandering plot around the middle that had a few people dotted around the theatre checking the time, which, by the way, my brother did as well, annoying as heck, <laughs> and the <laughs> screams they dubbed over Sochi Gomez, those would be my negatives, Conversely, the film evolves from a CGI mess into a decent enough but ultimately fun adventure that goes all over the place, not necessarily across the multiverse at large, but more so with how wacky it is, the ideas that this film crams in, the occasional fantastic shot and the constant stakes and threat level, albeit from dumb wonder motivations, which by the end was quite well done. There are surprise appearances that I was unbeknownst to which were cool, and their action sequences were neat enough. Not as much of a horror film as you might have heard, but there were a couple of moments that made members of the audience go shit, including myself <laughs> once, and one jump scare that was effective on me. But I appreciated this turn for the MCU. But again, it's not much of a horror film because it is the MCU. I must admit I did contemplate a higher rating, but then I actually thought about the plot a bit more, and I thought, hey, wait a minute. Uh, and we'll give the film two and a half stars. <laughs> so that's out of five, by the way. So that was Will's score for the movie. Um, we're not counting that towards the podcast score because he's not here, but I just wanted to share his opinion anyway because it's always interesting to get another point of view. Um, I should have probably saved at least one or two positive reviews, but it doesn't seem like I found many, so apologies. Um, did you want to give your conclusion and score first, or would you rather I go first? Uh, go for it, man. Okay. Um my conclusion is this, and sorry, it's quite long. In a word, disappointing. The title promises a couple of things, and whilst you do get some serviceable PG slash 12 rated Lovecraftian moments, there's none of the zany, fun, imaginative stuff that the multiverse gives you potential for. It's not a romp. It's a survivalist slog of a chase movie, and that's my biggest issue, wasted potential. The multiverse gives you free reign to be as wild and unique as possible, but the lack of imagination here is criminal. There are some great moments where Raimi gets to show his style, and they are good, but they feel at odds with the overall tone rather than part of it, in the way that, for example, his Spider-Man movies integrated it seamlessly. Um, the cameos are pointless fan service, but it is still an undeniable thrill as a fanish geek to see characters that seemed impossible not long ago. Again, though, it's shallow, and they're treated like an inconvenience to be quickly dispatched. Overall, it's probably a mid-tier film that feels worse because the potential really shouldn't let it be as dull and uninspired as it sometimes is. Enjoyable, familiar characters and tone, some good action, some brilliant, some limp. Enough for a pleasant watch, divorced of expectations in future, but it absolutely promised and should have been so much more. Uh, and I also went with two and a half stars out of five. So, yes, it got a 2.5 from me. <laughs> oh. So, <laughs> the moment of truth, then your conclusion and score, and will you be kinder than any of the rest of us? Okay, right. So, Multiverse of Madness had all the ingredients for an epic installment of the MCU saga, but in all honesty, although enjoyable, the longer I sat there afterwards, the more disappointed and angry in the final product I became. Even disregarding the rumour mill and taking it for what it was, it didn't live up to the hype surrounding it. In my opinion, the actors, and let's be honest, the actors in this should have knocked it out of the park, were wasted. The scripting was place and any reveals that hadn't been ruined months in advance were so meagre as to warrant a shrug. As we discussed in our original Strange Review, the entire premise building up to the movie's release was what surprises the audience had in store. 
but without a solid grounding and a well thought out story, that entire thing is meaningless. But even disregarding that fact, almost nothing about the movie that came from this wanted even the merest fraction of the hype around those surprises. It's left me feeling for the first time in the history of the MCU that I don't really care what happens to the characters. I will watch it again upon digital or home release, so it's likely my views toward it could warm with time. But as it stands now, I don't hate the movie, but I don't love it. And after the first movie, I so wanted to love it. As it stands, it's just kind of there. It's run of the mill and feels more like an early 2000s superhero flick, which in this day and age just isn't good enough. And for what it could have been, it's such a disappointment. It's enjoyable for what it is, but for what it could have been, it's a waste. As such, I'm going to have to give Multiverse of Misnomers a middle of the road three. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't need to do any complex maths to work out the average then, because... Between my 2.5 and your 3, the podcast's overall score for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is a very disappointing, let's be honest, 2.75 out of 5, which I don't believe we would have thought we would be seeing a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about this, so that is a shame. Um, Again, apologies if you're a fan of this film. By all means, feel free to mention why in the comments, the things you liked, things you didn't have an issue with, or things that we are maybe overreacting to, I don't know, but... uh, Oh, just tell us that you hate us. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Hopefully we've given you at least <laughs> justifications for how we feel the way we do. But uh, yeah, um, so we are going to sign off because we have another podcast to record as of right now. Um, but just quickly, I was just going to ask DK for your details where people can find you on the interwebs. I am at AK Starlord on Twitter. And I am at Ian Mike Wilson on Twitter, or my name most other places. Uh, we have a, an increased presence all over the, the worlds of digital media and stuff for the podcasts. So you can find <laughs> this, <laughs> ah, the podcast verse of madness. Uh, you can find this particular podcast on Twitter at podcast underscore screen, or on basically any platform you listen to podcasts now, uh, including everything from Google Podcasts to Apple Podcasts to Stitcher to things that you've barely heard of. We've uh, We've kind of went mainstream shall we say so you can find us on there if you'd rather listen and you happen to be watching on youtube uh, if you are listening you can also watch us on youtube obviously uh, we also have a instagram account uh, which is just called silver screen podcast and a facebook group which you can join which is also called that and we have all of these things as well for our sister podcast which myself and dk also host which is called the hit or miss star trek podcast or it's at home trek on twitter and just hit or miss star trek on youtube instagram facebook groups and again it's the same podcast feed if you're listening so you can catch it at the same time or the same place at least as this uh, so that's easy to do so uh yeah hopefully... i do promise <laughs> we're, we're usually more positive than we are today um stay tuned to this particular channel because next week we are going to have another very fitting review in terms of a new release that's coming out we are going to be reviewing the original top gun i don't know about you dk but i feel the need the need for speed Yes, <laughs> let's all play volleyball <laughs> with our shirts off. <laughs> play with the boys, baby. <laughs> you can be my wingman anytime. So, yeah, <laughs> audience, in the meantime, remember in the epic words of Arnie, I'll be back. <laughs> okay.